0: Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word.
1: It was a fun year this year for missions. A lot of energy, great staff so for those of you who don't know uh, this is a lovely wife here brandy um, i'm greg uh, we're the conrad's we have six kids and now we have four grandkids i know we don't look like we should have grandkids let alone children we're kind of but uh we get that a lot and if you want to know our secrets you can talk to us afterwards um especially my wife she doesn't look like she should even have any kids she's so young um but Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve as uh, missions directors our first year. Uh, we wanted to offer our thanks specifically to everybody who supported us this year, whether it be in prayer, financially, uh, just everything. We wanted to say, thank you. Um, thank you to pastor for, uh, his leadership. Uh, we needed it, uh, being brand new and we appreciated all of his leadership that he gave us. Uh, the mission team this year uh, thank you for your patience and putting up with brandy and i if, being this was our first year we wanted to thank everybody and we are uh extremely excited about uh, how god is going to grow missions this year um for living word church um and i'm excited because i can look inside and see coming back from guatemala um how i've grown uh Significant. I mean, it may not. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of growth here when I got back. Uh, not as much as I would have expected, but uh, but you know, inside what God poured into me when I was there, I I didn't expect um, as much of that and, and how He grew me. Uh, I'm not a very emotional person. I mean, most of the people in this church have probably never seen that emotional side of me. Uh, when we were in Guatemala, the team got to see quite a bit of that. Um, you know, there was times where, you know, there was a lot of tears shed on, on my part. Um, and uh, that was the growth I was looking for. Uh, so I wanted to say uh, Thank you us now my wife let her have her part
2: forgive me my notes are on my phone um we have a new grandbaby so I didn't have the chance to transfer everything so basically when we're on in missions here Guatemala wherever Greg and I have done um missions here as well in our town um the, the gala was a mission it was an outreach We see the face of God. We see heaven touch down. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today is the face of God and God vision, not Brandy vision, but God vision. Everyone talked about 2020 vision this year. How about God vision? Because God vision is 2020 vision, right? So I want to share with you, uh, when I got back from Guatemala, there are ways that Satan tries to skew our vision. So we need corrective lenses. We need God lenses. When I got back from Guatemala, um, he's got my, I tried to scribble some notes here too. When I got back from Guatemala, many people don't know this, some do. I came back on fire, full to the overflowing, prayed up to I was just, it was just such an awesome time of ministry and and filling. When I got back, we got back Sunday night, Monday, I was on my way to work, I was tired. And one of our children called and they had gotten into a car crash. They collided with a bus. And so, okay, let's let's go forward and we can do this. We can do this, God and I can do this, God can do it. So I turned around, I went back. Natalie, whoops, I wasn't gonna say her name. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she, I'm so transparent. If you guys know me, you know that um, so, anyways, Natalie was um, very, very distraught. Um, we walked into a cafe, and this this gentleman there said, "Can I pray for you guys?" I didn't even say hello. He just said, "Can I pray for you guys?" And I said, "Please." And he started praying, and he started praying in the spirit. And he said, "You know, where are you from?" We told him. We told him, and he said. I've been trying to get a hold of the mission directors for Living Word Church for years. And I said, seriously? (laughs) This is an opportunity where I saw God's face. I could have missed it, but I didn't. I took the opportunity to just let him pray, let him pour into us. We got like almost a sermon and his whole life story. It was fantastic. Um, So I saw God's face in that situation. I went home. Tuesday, the dogs were sick. They were up all night. So that I didn't really see God's face in. But um, then on Wednesday, I found out that I may lose my job. And I thought, okay, I can, I can look for God's face in this. I can look for God's face in this. So I just kept pressing on, pressing on, pressing on. Um, Thursday was, was, no, was event, uneventful. Friday, I was on my way to work. And got stopped by a policeman. Keep in mind, I really wasn't going that fast—maybe five miles over. <laughs> but he came up to the door and he said, "License and registration." He was very, very stern. And I was like, "Oh God, please! I need your face in this. I need to see you because I'm like tapped out. I'm, I'm tapped out. Can't do any more on my own." And He was very, very stern. I couldn't find my license and registration. And he said, yeah, it's never there when you need it, is it? And I was like, (laughs) Uh, and so he walked away. He was gone probably 10, 15 minutes at least. And I'm praying, 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 pressing in the whole time, the whole time. He came back, and previously he was on the driver's side. He came back, I mean the passenger side. He came back to the driver's side, and he did this. You look like you could use a break today. And I just, I I couldn't, I was speechless almost. And I looked at him and I said, Sir, I don't know if you're Christian. I thank you for everything you do to keep us safe. And you showed me the face of God today. Thank you so much. And he just went, okay. (laughs) So, you know, I just, I want to tell you that... Satan comes to still kill and destroy. If we're not looking for God's face, we get focused on the situation, on the car wreck, on the speeding ticket, on the sick dog, on the sick kid. But we have to focus on God's face. Do you know when you go into like an airport, you look for a familiar face of the person that's going to pick you up, right? You go into a party or an event and you look for a person that you can sit by because no one wants to be alone you go into a situation and you look for someone, why do we not go into that situation and look for God? Why? Why do we not search for God's face in every single situation, no matter what the situation is? So I just want to tell you that this year I, I come up with a theme and a word. It's kind of Next year, it might be a lifestyle. I mean, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm meaning that it has evolved and God has evolved me. We all know our lifestyle is Christianity and loving the Lord fully. But this year, my theme is God's face, searching every area for God's face because Satan is a manipulator Satan comes to steal kill and destroy if we don't search for that comfort that face we're able to focus on the wrong things and and in Revelations it says we combat Satan by the blood of the lamb so that's how we uh we combat that so I just wanted to encourage you today I wanted to encourage you for missions we see God's face Um, More importantly, I I just really challenge you to look for God's face in every single day, every situation, everything that arises. Search for him.
1: Thank you, Brandy. So in a a few minutes, we're going to have a slide presentation up here, uh, which is... For those of you who have noticed the poster board that we have out there, this is, uh, there was, we started out with 25 children, uh, we have tw- uh, 19, 16 left, so we've had nine that have been uh, already sponsored, so we're just giving you a, uh, another opportunity to see their uh, lovely faces. Um, after service, um, it's going to be, you know, first come, first serve for these children, so if you want one, I'm not encouraging you to run. But if we get back there and two people want the same child, you're going to have to arm wrestle. Um, But that being said, at the bottom of every slide, you see it has the same text, which is basically the sponsorship information. It's the same for every child. Um, It's $20 a month uh, due before the third Thursday of the month. So we would like it the Sunday prior to the third Thursday, because that's when we plan on administratively uh, delivering our support over there to the to the school. So if uh, we would go ahead and show the presentation. And I've been asked, so I'll share this on where you see where it says on the birthday there, TBD. Uh, For some of the children, I have the names on there. For some of them, I don't. Um, They are forthcoming. And when you sponsor the child, we'll make sure you have that information. Some of the other details that we're working out uh, are specific to how uh, you can communicate with the child that you've decided to sponsor.
2: Aren't they cute? I want to tell a story about that. Actually, that um, while they're playing, um, I want to tell a story that we sponsor We Greg and I sponsored a child. Um, she was eight years old when we met her. Her name is Norma, and we sponsored her up until throughout school. We have a relationship with her now. When we went to Guatemala, her family basically met us the first day there she's now 16 and she's just she she calls us calls me mama brandy and so i just want to encourage you this is a chance to make a difference to make a difference in a child's life uh, and, and impact the kingdom they uh they need your help so when we were there we asked for how can we how can we help or what what is the greatest need these 25 children had no help whatsoever. They have 300 children. Uh, most of them have a, a, a small bit of help. Um, they also partner with Care Now. so they do have a little bit of help for some of the children. These 25 children have no help. They have no, no means or, or um, no help from anywhere else. So I just want to encourage you to, um, to choose a child and make that difference, because even if you don't get to meet them, uh, we are personal testimony that, it, that she, she thanked us and thanked us and thanked us and loved on us, and um, it, it makes a difference, a real difference uh, to, to people that you potentially could meet if you go on the trip. So <laughs> um, oh, here they are, uh, just a uh, thank you so um going forward this year um our we, we really want to see the missions gr- mission team grow we we're doing global missions as well as we've got some missions in mind for locally um, including the annual gala with the uh, auctioneer which was awesome <laughs> if you guys get a chance you should go this year so we are planning some trips this year we we want you to partner with us in prayer we want you to keep ki- consider going. Um, that's why we're here. We're here to make disciples. We're here to go out into all nations. Uh, so I want you to really consider that. Um, and we're going to have a meeting afterwards to just kind of give you a broad view of, of what, what missions is looking like for the future. And we also want to share with you, um, by a show of hands, does everyone know our current missionaries that we support now? Okay, so, so um, we, we thought that was important because they, they have a lot of prayer needs that we we're hoping to bring forward and share. We also um, want you to know who they are, who you're praying for. So we've, we've made a show of the current missionaries that we support now. We ask you to really pray, partner with us in prayer to pray for them, okay?
3: Hi, my name's Tara. I'm going to talk a little bit about my mission work. <clears throat> um, I felt God has been preparing me for missions, I believe, since the day I become a Christian. It's always been kind of in the back of my mind to be a missionary, but honestly, I've been so full of fear and anxiety that I never thought I'd be able to do it. Um, but God had bigger plans, of course, than I did. At first, he had to do a work in me on my anxiety and my fear. So when I moved here to Illinois, which was all God's doing, um, my brother-in-law, Paul, he had a big part of that. He um, taught me how to use my words, change my words with my fear and anxiety. He gave me this book that changed my life. It's Charles Cap's book, God's Creative Power. It's a book on scriptures. I don't know if anybody knows it. It's a little brown book, and it talks about... Has different scriptures in it that you speak over yourself all day. Sorry, I'm very nervous. (laughs) Can't tell. Anyways, this is important to me, so I want to talk about missions. Anyways, this brown book it has scriptures in it and it talks about faith, healing, finances. You just speak over yourself all day long. These scriptures. So once God um, got me free from fear and anxiety. I was, we were doing a corporate fasting, I think, through our church, and I had been fasting for about a month, um, no social media, no TV, no nothing, just studying God's word, and he laid it on my heart to get in contact with a lady that I knew that was a missionary, and she set me up with a missionary group, and so I got on a team to go to Ecuador, which we had prepared for months for that, um, But in the back of my mind, I kind of had the sensing that Ecuador wasn't going to happen. So one of our Skype meetings, our leader, Sam, says, well, guys, our um, Ecuador mission trip is going to be canceled, but I have a place that we're going to go besides our Bangladesh. Where's Bangladesh? (laughs) South Asia, a place I've never wanted to go. And immediately I said, yes, that's where I'm going. Sorry, I get emotional. Anyways, that was my first trip as a missionary. It was a medical mission trip. It was September 2014. After 20-something hours of flying, mind you, I'm afraid of flying, not anymore, Um, I stopped out, got out of that airport. Oh, my gosh. Bangladesh is South Asia. It's kind of like India. Walked out of that airport, and oh, my goodness, dirty, garbage, and I was in awe. I, I felt that was where I was supposed to be. I loved it. It was, it was just awesome experience. Um, anyways, that trip was about two weeks. So what we do, we do medical missions. We set up clinics. We set up a couple days of clinics, usually about four. We, we do past meds. How it works is they do a triage, which is what I do. I do the assessment, do the vitals. We send them on to see the doctor. And then after they visit with the doctor, they go get prayer, and then whoever wants to accept Christ as their Savior, then they have that opportunity. Um, After we're done with clinic for those two days, then the people that have accepted Christ, we hand to the church that set us up for clinic. So say we see 500 people, we hand that list to them, and say 200 accepted Christ, then they have now 200 people coming to church. And then the 300 following, they can follow up with to still continue and pray, and pl- it's just planting that seed. So, uh, My second trip was to Medellin, Colombia, same thing. We've seen almost 1,000 people on that trip, patients. And then my third trip was in June of 2019. I went to Lima, Peru, and we flew to Iquitos after Lima, and we did a couple clinics there. And um, same thing, same clinic a kind of scenario and then <clears throat> my th- fourth trip i'm planning right now which i'm hoping is going to be zimbabwe in july and i know people think oh wow zimbabwe but i want to go the furthest places god wants to send me i love every minute of it i remember sitting at a breakfast table one morning and one of their people on our team was talking about calling me a missionary and I never even thought about it. I, saw, I just sat back and thought, wow, I'm a missionary. I'd, I never thought I would be. never thought I had the strength, but God has changed me so much. I have one scripture I want to leave with, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know that the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope for a future. So, if anybody's ever afraid of going on a mission trip or even just has the thought in their mind, I would love to go on a mission trip, I suggest you go afraid and God will protect you every step of the way.
4: Good morning. All right, so I want to share just a little bit kind of touches, it's funny how the Holy Spirit works. So it goes along with what Tara kind of talked about of feeling, in a sense, unprepared for stepping out into the unknown. Um, I, in 2017, had the opportunity to go on a trip to Kenya. And prior to that, the only mission trips that I had been on were like VBS style, like loving on the kids, acting like a fool, like being crazy. Um, And just really loving on the kids. Like, we went into a lot of schools um, and just ministered to the kids. This trip in 2017 when I went to Kenya was more along the lines of a pastoral conference and going in and training up, in a sense, you. It would be like going into a church, like Living Word, and building the people up of the congregations. And they invited pastors from all areas to come and get trained. And when I felt the inkling to go, I kind of like took a step back, even though I knew that that was in me. Because in Colossians, it talks about how Christ completes us, right? Like when we accept Jesus, he completes us. And in that, he fills us all in all. So what that means, whatever situation we walk into, God's right there. He is right there to help you to fulfill what he's called you to do. And whatever that may be, a mother, a teacher, a father, like whatever God, whatever situation is in your job. Um, And so I really, this trip, in a sense, was out of my comfort zone quite a bit. Not on the fact of, like, loving on the people, because, well, if you know me, I love people, so it's a little easy to love people. (laughs) Um, But in that, I really had to seek the Lord in... The fact of I felt underqualified like I didn't feel I had just I had done two years of Bible school and this was two years prior to that but still I was 20 something years old and I just felt unqualified to go to another country to go into churches and to help train up people in the word and I really just sought the Lord and he I can remember this vividly, spoke to me and said, Claire, if I call you, everything that you need, I have for you. And I was like, but what about this? What about that? What about, like, you know how we humans get with our brains. Um, And and I just really was like, Lord, like, are you sure? Like, are you sure I'm supposed to go? Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to go. And he's like, Claire, I am telling you to go and I, I said, okay, I will go. I, <laughs> on my way to can like to go. I flew out of Tulsa with the team, um, and I left from here. On my way, my car blew a piston rod through my engine and oil pan in the middle of Missouri, like boondocks of Missouri, guys. Like it's not like near St. Louis or like Springfield. Like I was in the middle of nowhere, and I like in that instant was like, oh my, God. like are you serious, like. Can anything else go wrong? Like, like, are you serious? And again, he's like, Claire, I have told you to go. It's going to be fine. And I was like, but my car! Like, I literally, how am I supposed to get to Tulsa? And side note, I had a dog and another person with me. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I tell you what, in that first instinct, yes, there was a lot of fear, anxiety of like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen. But then the peace came because I just gave it over to the Lord. I said, you said that I'm going to Kenya, so however I'm supposed to get to Tulsa, I'm going. And in that, there's pieces of this that you can adapt to your own life and whatever your everyday life is because really in all reality, over all of it, we're missionaries every day. We're missionaries literally every day. That is what we are. Yes, some missionaries may travel to another country, and that could be you, but at the same time, like, don't focus on that. Missions is literally a position in ourselves of what we're called to do is go out and connect people to God. And so in that, though, I, again, got to, it was a crazy. I'm not even going to go on to all the details. If you want to know all the details, come find me. Flights messed up, all this stuff. And every step of the way, I just, there was peace of knowing, like, okay, like, I'm going. And I got there, and I talked to the head of the team, and I just, like, I talked to him, and I said, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I really, like, I know that I know the word. I know that it's in me. I know that, like, but I just, I have no idea what I'm doing here. And he was like, Claire, I know for a factor to be here, so you need to just, like, you'll see it. And kind of like what Brandy said, like, seeking the face of God in it. I tell you like every day we were there in total of 13 because it was supposed to be like we were there for 13. Um, and really like it's in those moments that God can use us even more when we feel like we're not qualified because it's not about us. It's not about what we can do in our own strength. it's about what God can do through us and like for him to get the glory back. So I just want to encourage you if you've thought about missions, And you're like, oh my goodness, no way. Take a step back because we are all called to missions, but you need to seek the Lord and what that is for you and how you can be a part because we're all to be a part of the body of Christ, correct? Right? We're all a part of the body of Christ and missions is a part of that. That's a little facet of that. So I just want to encourage you, like just seek the Lord. And don't get discouraged. Don't look at the natural because, really, it's not supposed to be about the natural. It's about to be supernatural, and that's through God and not us. So, thank you.
5: Well, we wanted you to hear from family today. We're, we, when we look at Scripture, we're like a tribe of people. Israel was made of 12 tribes, and the tribes had characteristics that kept coming up and coming out so when we come together and you hear from different ones in the congregation you're hearing a quality that God has put in people who attend here there is a desire planted in us to win people to the Lord Jesus for some there's a desire to travel and get out of Illinois for a little while and that desire is coupled with a plan or a mission or something that's on the heart of God So you might today not understand missions, but you might like to travel. I would connect the dots if I was you. I'm connecting them for you. If you like to travel, that's the seed of missions in you that you just haven't recognized yet God wants to use. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Now I want to use the the next few minutes to bring scripture around everything that, that is being talked about. Because when Jesus comes to live in you, he plants kingdom seed in you. I believe that everything God asks us to do in the scripture comes in in seed form when Jesus comes to live in our heart. Scripture calls that the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is in you to connect somehow with winning people, whether it's at home or away or both. That seed is in you. We have days like today so that people who have yielded to God in that area, can speak into your life a little bit, and what we call that is watering the seed. You may not know it, but if you feel uncomfortable during days like today, tag, you are it. That's just a knowing that somehow there's a seed in you that will connect to that. You might have to pray and discern how you fit into that, Some won't travel at all, but they will be senders. Others will travel everywhere because the word go in the Great Commission is the seed that they have planted on the inside, and they just want to go. That's why I said you might have a travel bug and wonder why. That's why. Scripture says go. So I've kind of learned when there's something on the inside of me that stirs, pretty often I I, I try to find in the Scripture how to... How does this relate to the plan of God? How could it relate? Sometimes we excuse ourselves for things God's put in us, like wanting to travel. And we think, well, that's not very spiritual. Connect it to the words go in Scripture, and you'll find that uh, it's spiritual. You find that God has a plan for those that want to go. So as simple as that. But we're going to look to Luke 17 today because I want to look to the words of Jesus just for a little while. So this is not going to be an in-depth teaching. This is going to be summarizing some things that are in the scripture because we're talking about vision. We're talking about how God brings vision into the church. We're in a prayer and vision campaign on Sunday mornings. We're in prayer seeking the Lord, not for what is the vision of the church. We know that. But what is my place in the vision of Living Word Church? That's what we have to discern. As we share the vision points, like in a family, you get in on everything. Some things you're going to be asked to do. Some things you're going to volunteer to do. Other things you're just going to be a part of doing because everybody's doing it. That's what it means to be in the family of God. So a lot of times, you know, people think, well, I've got to just choose where my place is. No, God has foreordained everybody's place. So when you begin to have those feelings on the inside, it's the beginning of that seed of the kingdom germinating in you. And you may not be aware of what your part is in God's harvest, but he's all about harvest time. We're in what we call the end times or the the end of the church age. That means God is about to bring forward a harvest of souls into the kingdom so that he can take that harvest of souls into heaven. That's what he's all about, bringing his family together, and he gives us a charge to be a part of that. Now, you didn't get to choose when you were born. Your parents might think they chose when you were going to be born, but there's a God who's over all of that, and he chose for you to be born in this generation to be a part of his plan for this generation. That's why you're still here. If you wonder why you've had a few near misses, God has a plan for you. I can tell you the answer. He has a plan and he's preserving you whether you ask him to or not because he needs you and wants you to be part of his plan because that's how he rewards us for all eternity. That's our eternal identity is connected to what he asks us to do and what is that seed that he planted inside of us to act out Scripture literally says, We come onto the stage play of God's plan if we begin to pray and seek his face. We will come onto the stage play and we will end up doing our part. Sometimes we're so worried about learning what our part is, but I've learned something. If I will get on God's stage through prayer, he will give me the cue to my part. And as a little kid, I remember my, my first Christmas program, I did two things. I was a little drummer boy in the processional, and I remember beating the little drum. I was like three, beating the little drum, coming up there, but then I had a speaking part. The, the drumming part was easy because the, the music was playing, and I just had to like try to play with it. And I think I did okay because I didn't get reprimanded, and people laughed, thought it was cute. But uh, the more important part came when I had something to say later and I had to follow another person and connect with what they said and remember what it was that I needed to say and then be able to turn and cue the next kid up. You'll start just beating a little drum, being a part of something, and at a minimum, that's your place in this family in every piece of ministry. You at least keep time with what God's doing and you're connected to everybody else that's doing it. But there's times then the Holy Spirit calls on you, and you have a more significant moment in the plan of God. I've learned when you learn to play the little drum, he'll call on you, and you'll have a bigger part next time. That's really how being sent works. That's how winning people works. First, it's it's just a simple little thing, but then it grows. Luke 17, Jesus was... Speaking to people critical of him when he's talking to the Pharisees, he said the, the, they, they were asking him, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said to them, it's, it's not going to come by standing around and looking around for it. And it jolted them because they were wanting him to tell them where to go and look and where to stand waiting. And he said, the kingdom of God is already in you. And it was to jolt them into an understanding that the kingdom of God is activity. It's action. It's playing something out. It's doing something. It's being a part, and it's not standing back and saying, well, when it comes my time to to, to be a part, I'll recognize that. No, the kingdom is in you waiting to be watered, and as soon as it's watered, you'll know two things. You're not to be just looking around, and you're not to be just standing around. You will want to be a part of something when we haven't yet experienced that I question if it's just Jesus living in us which which can be very real and bring us to church or are we in him yet because when we're in Christ we live and move and have our being in him and that's what Jesus was explaining to them a principle that when he would be raised from the dead we would get to live out that Jesus in us is the hope of glory and the hope of God, his investment in the earth through Jesus, you're the hope of that. You're the hope for a harvest. You're God's desire in seeing something come to pass. And it doesn't come by looking around or standing around. So I know sometimes people get a little uncomfortable when they're asked to do something at church. That's how you become in him. You become active in the local church. It doesn't happen another way. It doesn't happen because of what you believe. It happens because of what you do. Jesus was teaching that principle here. So when Jesus came to live in you as Savior, he brought his kingdom in. You're going to spend a lifetime figuring out what that is. The more you hear the scripture preached, the more there should be a stirring in your heart if you're hearing it with your heart. If you're not really hearing it with your heart, you'll go away unchanged. It isn't the preacher's fault, it isn't the scripture's fault, it isn't the Holy Spirit's fault. It's our responsibility to open our ears and say, I'm called to not stand around or look around. I'm called to be a doer. Now, Jesus goes on to, to, to tell us uh, some comparison of things that would be happening in the end times to give us an alert to what's important and what's not important. He said it would be as in the days of Noah, everything would be chaotic in the earth God would speak to a family to build a boat called the, we call it the ark. He would give them specific dimensions and instructions on how to build it. And they would go about doing that. Then Noah entered into the ark, and we know that the flood came. And on one hand, it was a kind of judgment. On another hand, it was a kind of deliverance. In the end, most people didn't get on the ark. But the builders did. And the provisioners did. And as I look at the scripture, nobody else got on board. Jesus is warning us that we will have every reason to not get on board if we look around like the world looks around. Or we stand around like the world stands around. Or we are critical or think it's ridiculous what people who serve the Lord are doing. Because that's what the world did. But Noah said, family, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it together. And as the men were building, the women were going out and gathering stuff up to fill the new house that was going to be the ark. That's a picture of our family activity. That's a picture of family activity as, as, as families individually and as a church. It's a picture of what we do. We're called together to build something for the kingdom and some will miss out. I hate to say it in church, but some folks in church will miss the boat when it comes to getting on. The ones that won't miss the boat will be the ones that helped build it, will be the ones that helped provision it or fill it with provision. They will be the ones, when I look at this, there's kind of, a, there's kind of this connection of eternal security and who's going to go in the rapture, be a builder, be a provisioner. Because scripture shows us Jesus is likening the end times to this same scenario. So, why do we bring opportunity to you to do missions or to do ministry or to, to be a part of churches? Because we're not supposed to stand around or look around. We're supposed to be a part of the building and the provisioning of something. Not just, it's really not just for our family and for our church, it was for anybody that wanted to get on board. We also go out there and make a clamor for people to get on board. I, 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 it says that Noah was a preacher. So I believe when he was building, he was also preaching to anybody that was curious enough to see what in the world are they doing over there? What is this thing? They're calling it an ark. What in the world is it for? It had never rained. The concept of what he was saying seemed ridiculous to the onlookers. But he kept telling them, we're providing a way for you to get on board and sail into the future with God. And people would not listen because they were caught up in another culture. Be aware and be careful of what will work against you in, in being a part of the plan of God. It's not an unwillingness or no direction from God or no seed of the kingdom in you. But it's the culture that goes counter what God says to do. And so Jesus is warning us it'll be like the days of Noah. What were they doing? They were providing a way of escape for anybody that would hear the message. That's who we are. We don't have to go far away to do that. You just leave the doors here. You've got an audience, you just find them, have something to say. Third, were to be saved into the kingdom, values, and lifestyle. Jesus kept preaching here and he said, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. So he's turning back the clock to Lot now. We know that Lot and his family got in trouble. They lived uh, uh, in a a tent surrounding with the door opening towards Sodom they were planted awfully close to the centerpiece of the world's culture and the the target of God's judgment that would come. And I'm not so much focusing on judgment today as I am deliverance because Lot was being delivered with his wife and his daughters out of Sodom. The angels came to see to it because God loved Lot. God loves people. He sends somebody to be a means of deliverance and sometimes you're the one sent to be that, to share the gospel with somebody, but not always does everybody listen. But God brought Lot out and his wife out and as they were going, God's instruction was don't look back on what you've had. We know that Lot was a very rich man. We know that he found great success And what he had done, because Abraham and Lot were together on one ginormous track of farmland. And there were so many animals and so many servants, the piece of land they were on could not support both families. So they went different directions. We know that Lot had a lot. I wonder why his wife had to turn back And be turned to a pillar of salt, except the lot of whatever she had made her want to look back because of what she was missing as she went forward into God's future. Scripture warns us, be careful of the world's culture and not looking back, because when you look back, it'll take you back. Scripture warns us to not get our eyes on whatever our lot in life is, especially when we've had God's hand on us and we've seen his promise and seen blessing, to not get comfortable in that. And as he's calling us forward to go somewhere, we're looking back at the lot that God gave us saying, but my life has been about this and God blessed me back there. I'm more comfortable. I bet she had quite a home. I bet when they packed up to leave, it says they left in haste, most of it was left behind. The connection that she had to God's blessing in the past caused her to turn away from God's blessing in the future. A third point, kingdom investments will help us preserve relationship with God. I've thought and I've taught this for many years when people get in trouble in their relationship with God, we're not going to jump out there and judge people. If somebody in church leadership makes a mistake, we're not going to become the castigator. That means the, we're not going to go after them and be judgmental. Why would you do that, Pastor? Because I see God as a deliverer, and the way he delivers is he puts us in the middle of what he's doing in the things that he has anointed or chosen us to do, and we want to stay in those things. When I see somebody take a misstep, the best thing you can do is keep them in their piece of ministry. Whenever somebody's going through a hard time, and maybe it isn't even their fault, the tendency in in business would be, well, let them take a break. When it comes to the calling in the ministry when we're having a tough time we need to center on whatever the god pieces of our life are and stay in there because that's where he's active and working and we experience what god rubs off on us you may have never experienced that before but when you get involved in a piece of ministry or you go on a mission you're going to suddenly recognize I was made for this. I never would have dreamed I was made for this. How is it God knew this about me and I couldn't see it in myself? Because it was a seed in your heart that made you uncomfortable. And when we're uncomfortable, we usually run from the things we're uncomfortable. If we tell somebody we're uncomfortable, they'll say, Well, you shouldn't do that then if you're uncomfortable. And they denounce the very seed of God because the Holy Spirit convicts us first and that's uncomfortable and if we ask him why we're uncomfortable he'll convince us and when we choose to be convinced then he'll use us and we have a revelation a revelation that Jesus inside of us was bigger than we thought he could ever be and we enjoy seeing him big in our life somewhere everybody ought to go at least once because we're commanded to now, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. This is still Jesus talking in the same story, and he's given some warnings, and now he's, he's putting the lasso around it, is what I call it. He's summing things up. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. That would make a bit of sense. But he's saying if, if you're willing to let the seed in you germinate, you'll, you'll not have a seed anymore, you're going to have something else. I tell you that whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. In other words, there's something that we're meant to give into that's going to make us last forever. Remember, Jesus has just talked about coming out of one culture and entering into another, going into God's future. He's just warned us that we're here to build a boat for a generation. We're here to do something. We're here to get on the boat, but we're here to get people on board with us. We're called to do that. And Jesus said, the closer it gets to the the, the latter days or the end of days, the more we ought to be about the master's business. He said, I tell you that in one night there will be two men in one bed and one shall be taken and the other be left. Two women shall be grinding together, one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. These are situations that were concerned every day, every person experiences because then everybody had agriculture in their life somehow. But he's saying one will stay, one will go. Jesus is letting us know that it won't be our natural life or what we're doing with our everyday life that's going to matter to the master. It's uh, did the kingdom seed in us grow. And he said one out of two will have the real deal. Now he's not talking about the world here. He's talking about the church. So he's letting us know we want to discern. Or I want to think of it this way. You are likely both people in every scenario, and you gotta decide which one am I gonna water and which one am I gonna to cause to give up? Because Jesus just started out by saying, One of you's gonna lose and one of you's gonna win. So I look at it and say, This is this is the battle I have within me to serve myself or to serve the master. And I wanna water the seed that's gonna help me serve the master. How much are you investing into eternity, really? So I've heard people say things like, well, if I just do this and this and this, God will be pleased. And when I hear people say that, I know one thing. They know there's something more to the story. They just don't want to accept it, or they don't like it, or they don't want to be that person. I'm going to tell you something. When we we get to heaven, because that's what Jesus is talking about, He's preparing us to think right for coming to heaven. He's preparing us to understand that the seed he's put in us now, the nurturing of that seed, the bringing forth a harvest from that seed, helps us do the right things, helps us live the right life, helps us most of all to honor the right Lord, to not be Lord of ourselves, but let Jesus be Lord of our lives That'll bring us to heaven. That's punching the ticket. And it isn't the works. It's the obedience to the master who wouldn't even call it works. He calls it good deeds. He calls it good things. He calls it the work of the ministry. He calls it building the ark that's going to save your family. He calls it building the boat that a generation could get on with you and go to heaven because of you. I consider that a very precious charge. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we pray. I'm thankful today for our our mission's work, our missionaries, our mission's team that is growing. The drama is something we used in guatemala so it was revisited this morning just for you to see how easy it is to share the gospel in so many different ways this morning if you're thinking well i don't know that i'm called you should know by now i just told you all the reasons to be called to go to somebody to be called to do something and You know, uh, Noah went out, I think, and was was preaching. Scripture says he's a preacher. I think he stood on the, the bones of that boat as he was building it and had something to say. Your life right now is at least that. You're at least trying to provide safe passage for your own family. You're trying to do everything that you can to build a structure that will preserve and keep them and cause them to be delivered into whatever God's promises are for the next generation. They think that boat still sits on a mountain in Turkey. They think they found it. The ruins of it lasting for generations. But I have a theory that for quite some time, the image of the ark stood in the family's mind because it was them working together to provide a way of salvation for the whole world. And when the world didn't all respond, They were able to get on board with what they had done for God, and their willingness and obedience to do that mission caused them to ride above the waves, survive the storm. And when they landed, they didn't land in a pit in a valley or in a mud pit. They landed on a mountaintop where they could get out and survey the land from a new angle. That's what God has for you if you'll be connected to his work. You'll see all of those things come to pass and then some. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning that you instill in us yet a greater measure of your heart and your desire. Father, I'm thankful for a church that's hungry and thirsty for you. Jesus, you taught us that if we're hungry and thirsty, you'll come and you'll satisfy us. So Father, we know we're a part of your great eternal plan and we yield to doing our part. Father, today I ask that your Holy Spirit use everything that's been said and done to water the seed that will bring forth the harvest. Father, I call for the harvest in 2020 to be great, 2021 to be even greater, 2022 and beyond to be something beyond our imagination. Heavenly Father, thank you for helping every family to build the security We call the kingdom of God to do the work together to train our children aright to honor you by coming into that place and speaking your word. Father, by bringing people in, don't let us be just like Noah, but let it be like the same days. Father, let our ark be successful to not just carry our family or our church, but let us carry the world to you. Father, we thank you for this charge and your anointing to do it. Father your favor to see it through your blessing to see provision come father i thank you we will be builders and provisioners in jesus name and the harvest shall be great and god's people said amen
0: we pray that today you were challenged to move closer to god and encouraged with the depth of his love for you if you would like to know more or hear additional messages please call us at 217 217- You can also write to us at Living Word Church P.O. Box 158 Roberts, Illinois 60962 Or visit our website at go to lwc.org And as always we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10am And now may the Lord bless you and keep you May He make His face to shine upon you and give you peace